Welcome to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Cat File, a series of stories told to me, Tosh Mufuni, by Brother Cat File, a gnomish monk who has retired to the Tian Monastery, and his amazing adventures with Gadget, a gnomish engineer who has a knack for getting involved in some real mysteries around Azeroth. Hello? Hello, Brother Cadfile. Are, are you home? Well, well, my goodness, Tosh Mafuni. <laughs> How wonderful to see you again. I was just laying out some tea. Could I, um, perhaps interest you in some tea and cakes? That, that'd be great, yes. And maybe while we're enjoying your wonderful tea and cakes, you could share one of your amazing stories about your adventures with Gadget. Oh, I, I suppose so. Certainly. Why not? Now, let's see. Well, oh, I suppose you and your listeners might be interested in hearing about the most recent adventure I shared with my dear friend Gadget, and how we helped a grieving family learn the truth of how their family members died. Well, that sounds very interesting, and... A bit ominous. Please, go ahead. Certainly, certainly. Ah, where to begin? Well, it was a normal day here in the monastery, and I had just completed my rounds of healing the minor injuries suffered by the monk initiates. I was returning to my home, and as I walked up the steps, I saw the unmistakable silhouette of my dear friend Gadget in the doorway backlit by the candles and brazier lighting my small rooms. "'Where have you been, Cadfile?' she said in an exasperated tone. "'I've been waiting for simply hours.' "'Making my rounds as usual,' I said. "'And how have you been, Gadget? "'I haven't seen you in quite a while, "'and I had no idea you were coming.' "'No time for catching up,' she said, "'tossing me my cloak and hood.' A mystery is afoot, and I need your assistance. And as usual, I found myself swept away on another one of Gadget's investigations. So what's it all about this time, Gadget? I asked as we rode to the Shrine of the Seven Stars. And more importantly, where are we going? Kultiris, she said, where we are to discover the reasons behind the death of one Laysan Eads, and his two sons, John and Eric. Murder most foul, I asked. Gadget rolled her sparkling blue eyes at me. Let's not jump to conclusions, Cadfile, but I'll tell you what I know so far. Gadget then shared with me that she had received a letter from the widow Eads asking for her help in uncovering the truth behind the deaths of her husband and sons. At this point in her career, Gadget's powers of investigation had developed a reputation throughout Azeroth, so it was no surprise to me that she had received such a letter. And you took the case immediately because it was so unusual, I said. And I sighed and asked, Pro bono again, I suppose? Gadget gave me a sour look. Cadfile, would you suggest we profit from a widow's pain? especially one who lost her loved ones in such a mysterious manner. 
I suppose you're right, I answered. And what was the nature of the mystery? Gadget went on to tell me that the bodies of the three victims had been found floating over a deep pool in the middle of Laysan and Sons rigging, a small but prosperous sail and rigging business in northeastern Stormsong Valley. They clearly had not drowned, but were quite dead nonetheless when discovered by the family. And after a bit of traveling, that is precisely where we found ourselves. Laysan and Sons was a well-appointed business which had three main buildings and several small outbuildings from which they produced sails and rigging for the Kultiran fleet, located along a sound in the region known as Mariner Strand. What we found there chills me to remember it. The place was overrun by elementals and living deluges, which of course Gadget handily dispatched with her ever-ready boomstick clearing the area for our investigation. There were no obvious clues except for a large number of bodies of what appeared to have been laborers at the business. As I checked each one for signs of life, it was obvious to me that they had all died of exhaustion. Whatever could have happened here, I called the gadget, who was across the yard checking the other bodies. These men looked like they were worked to death. Gadget called back to me. Not quite all of them. See what you can do to help this poor fellow, she said, and I rushed over. I rendered what aid I could, but the poor man was quite beyond anything I could do, so I made him as comfortable as I could. Gadget stood by patiently, and as soon as I gave her leave to do so, she approached and asked the man, What happened here? The man gathered the last of his strength, and with his last breaths, he said, Pike, Reed, Tidecross. And then he pointed north before he expired. So we walked north in the direction he pointed over the bridge to a small way station called Tidecross, where we met with the innkeeper, Sister Allison. She told us that, of late, most of her custom had come from adventurers traveling to and from two nearby locations, Port Fogtide and the Brineworks, where fierce fighting was going on between the followers of Lord Stormsong and the many heroes who came to the region. If I was to guess, I would say this has something to do with Brother Pike and his search for the missing Kultiran fleet, we were told by Handyman Gareth, as I assisted him in his effort to render aid to a small group of Tide Sage defectors resting on rude cots in a small shelter. Where to find him? Hmm, if he is anywhere, it is probably in Brenadum. Follow the road south till you see some waterfalls on your left. You'll know you're near Brenadum then. We hired a couple of horses and rode to Brenadum. Evening had fallen and the road was lit by charming lanterns on posts along the road, and Gadget's pink hair and fair complexion glowed in their light as we passed by each one. Before too long, we heard the roar of a large waterfall to the west and knew we were close to our objective. As we approached the town, Gadget said to me, Cadfile, let's approach this cautiously, shall we? Don't blurt out why we are here. Leave the questioning to me. 
When have I ever blurted out anything during one of your investigations? I said, slightly offended. Need I remind you of the incident in Gadget Sand, she said. Well, that hardly counts, I replied. I was being held at gunpoint at the time. But I take your point. We crossed another bridge and rode up a small hill to the lovely village of Brenadum. It was there that we passed the night in the Golden Flagon Inn, engaged in conversation with the innkeeper, Nasty Buck, a gentleman by the name of Hobbs, who was a local quillbore enthusiast, and Mayor Roz. Brother Pike, Mayor Roz answered in response to Gadget's subtle questioning. Why, of course, he lived here for a time after Lord Stormsong went batty. Batty, Cadfall asked, how do you mean? Roz looked grieved, hearing strange whispers, behaving oddly. But before that, he was a fine fellow who really cared for the working folks in Stormsong, not like those snooty toffs down in Boralus. He really wanted to see Calteris return to its true glory. But then he went batty, and all the trouble started here in Brenadum. I think Pike went off with some adventurers on some damn fool quest, and someone named Talia left us to deal with the mess here by ourselves. Mess? I asked. Have you not seen the north part of town? said Mayor Roz. It's all about this Azerite. Nothing's been the same in the world since Azerite. The next morning we walked out to the bridge separating north and south Brenadim to see what the mayor had been describing, and found Sergeant Calvin, along with a small cadre of Brenadim defenders holding the bridge against a horde invasion. Goblins, Gadget growled, and I could almost feel her desire to wade into the fray. Gadget, I whispered, let us not lose sight of our mission. Gadget nodded tersely, of course, of course, she said, and asked Sergeant Calvin if he knew anyone named Talia. Talia, he said, never taking his eyes from the goblins parachuting into town. The last I heard, she was back in Boralus, and good riddance to her and all them haughty Proudmoors. A half-day's ride found us in the bustling port city of Boralus, and after making several inquiries of city guards, shopkeepers, and various citizens, we found our way to the harbor master's office. The room was a dark, close place nearby the main harborage, and the calls of gulls and the rough language of sailors drifted in in the salt breeze as we entered. The room was dominated by the presence of the harbor master, Cyrus Crestfall, a fine specimen of the Kulteran sailor, large and with an impressive mane of silver hair and a beard. Gadget, of course, never one to be intimidated, approached him boldly, striding past the guards in the room and asked, We're looking for someone named Talia. He glared down at us and said, And who would you be and why are you asking? My name is Gadget and this is my associate Cadfile. We're here on behalf of a grieving family who wish to know why their loved ones died. We believe this Talia person may be able to shed some light on the matter. At this, a slight human female in Proudmore livery stepped from behind Cyrus and said, 
My name is Talia Fordragon. What can I do for you? Having found the object of our search, we retired with Talia to the Snug Harbor Inn, a rambunctious but hospitable local tavern where Talia told us that she, along with a small group of adventurers, had been assisting Pike in discovering what had become of the lost Kaltiran fleet. But the last she had seen of him at the time was when he went with the adventurer to confront someone named Wavespeaker Reed. And where was this confrontation? asked Cadfile. Oh, let's see. I believe it was at a place called, uh, Laysen and Sons, Talia answered. I saw Cadfile's grip tighten on the handle of her mug of drop-anchor dunkel. Do you know where we can find Brother Pike? Gadget asked, barely containing the urgency in her voice. Most likely at the Shrine of the Storm, Talia answered. It was another full day's ride back into Stormsong Valley as we made our way to the Shrine of the Storm. But of course, no adventure with Gadget would be complete without a little danger in fighting. The only path to Brother Pike started at the Path of the Storms, a guarded entry to the island presided over by a group of Tide Sages who were kind enough to open a bridge across a stretch of water ominously known as the Kraken's Reach. And I say bridge in a theoretical sense. It was more of a nacreous path of light across the water. I say, Gadget, that looks none too sturdy, I said. But she didn't hear me as she was already halfway across the flimsy-looking structure. What followed was a constant uphill battle against a never-ending tide of elementals and zealots bent on preventing us from reaching the peak of the island. Gadget was absolutely in her element as she kept up a rapid fire of her boomstick, dispatching them at will. Dare I say she looked terrifyingly beautiful in the thick of battle, her pink brows furrowed in concentration over her sparkling blue eyes. Great fun, wouldn't you say, Cadfile? She said over her shoulder as we made our way up the hill and stepping over the bodies of her fallen foes. We have slightly different definitions of that word, you and I, I shouted over the combined din of the constant thunder from the sky and the report of her boomstick. After what seemed an eternity, we reached the summit, and there we found Brother Pike standing outside a small tent. Brother Pike, my name is Gadget, and this is my associate Cadfile. We're hoping you can shed some light on what befell Laysen Eads and his two sons. Pike looked sad and weary as he gestured us into the tent. Let us get out of this rain and I'll tell you the whole sad tale. Sadly, Laysen and his sons were a sacrifice, Brother Pike began. A sacrifice, I said. What barbaric religion would demand such a thing as to sacrifice a man and both his sons? Gadget laid a warning hand on my arm, noticing that Brother Pike looked slightly offended, but he went on. I had been following the clues to try to determine what had become of the Kaltiran fleet, with the assistance of an adventurer, young Talia Fordragon, and one Samuel Williams, and my suspicions had led me to the area around Tidecross. 
It was there that I discovered a terrible truth. The monstrous Kathir, who can take human form and are servants of a dark lord, had infiltrated Port Fogtide and had corrupted most of the populace there. They were conducting terrible rituals, and one of my Tide Sage brothers, Wave Speaker Reed, had fallen under their control. Reed was at Layson's rigging, undoubtedly forcing Layson and his sons to assist in the construction of a large ship being built at Port Fogtide. When I confronted him, Reed berated me, accusing me of weakness for failing my oath to stand by Lord Stormsong. I reminded him that our oath was to protect the people of Stormsong, not blindly follow a leader who had clearly been driven mad with power. This infuriated Reed, and in his anger he summoned elementals to attack me and the adventurer assisting me at the time. When we defeated all of these, Reed went mad. He cast a terrible spell to summon an immense water elemental to defeat us. But sadly, to cast that spell, he drained the life force out of Laysan and his sons. We defeated the elemental, but Reed escaped. But justice was ultimately served, as I later found Reed's body where he had died, pointlessly defending the secrets of Lord Stormsong and his terrible mistress, Queen Ajara. And it was that sad news that Gadget delivered to the grieving Layson family the next day. They received the news graciously, deriving some comfort from at least knowing the truth of what had happened. And, despite their insistence that they pay her for her efforts, Gadget steadfastly refused, much to my consternation. The following day found us back here at the monastery. Gadget was sitting right where you are, Tashmafuni, quietly sharing a light meal before she went off for more adventures and mystery. It never ceases to amaze and sadden me, Cadfile, Gadget said, as she gazed into the small brazier, glowing with embers. What does? I inquired. The destruction wrought by the endless and heedless greed for power. It seems to corrupt whoever it touches, great or small, with no regard for faction or race. And it leaves in its wake broken lives and even death. And yet some people, even someone with great powers of healing, she said, looking at me pointedly, with a small smile and a slight twinkle in her eyes, which uh, all but took my breath away, seem immune to this lust for power. Why do you suppose that is, dear Cadfile? I took a moment to gather my scattered wits and replied, Well, I suppose it's perhaps I have found the most powerful cure for such things. Gadget chuckled gently and said, And what would that be, dear Cadfile? Love, I said softly. Thanks for listening to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile, sponsored by Krog's Fine Female Leathers, Orgrimmar's finest purveyor of custom-fitted leather armor for the well-equipped female adventurer. Krog's Leathers. Fit, form, function, 
and fashion. The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile is a work of fan fiction based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used herein are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile. If you'd like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at HalfHillReport or drop us an email at HalfHillReport at Yahoo.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at DragonPoweredStudio.com.